Trading isn't easy, and today was a good example of that, and that is the subject of today's episode. Welcome back to the Making of a Trader podcast. My name is Alan Stenson, and this is episode 60. Welcome back, guys. So today uh, was basically quite a frustrating day. Uh, we came into the uh, into the sort of early pre-market uh, trading session, and uh, there were a few things happening, but nothing really massive moving. There were a couple of big movers, uh, as in they they'd really uh, uh, they were sh- they were up on everyone's scanner. They were you know two big gainers, and they were they had some good volume. So you know they were actually um, making some moves and. Um, the issue that you have, particularly with um, being you know, predominantly a short-biased uh, trader, is that if there's only a couple of stocks that are really giving any big moves, then they're the ones that a lot of people are, are going to be focusing on, a lot of other traders are going to be focusing on. So if, uh, if you're looking to short uh, a, a key level um, on that particular stock and uh, the other one that's taking all the sort of interest then starts to die off and then all of the money and all of the trading and all of the interest goes from that one straight into the one that you're in, then um, yours can then suddenly gather uh, more momentum out of nowhere and then, and, and then go for another uh, push. And if you're already in it sh- short, um, then, you know, you're stopping out and uh, sustaining a loss because this thing is sort of running away from you. So, you know, that's the type of thing that can happen um, in a quiet market. Plus, it was pretty much a bear market today. I mean, it, the my whole, you know, everything that we were looking at was was really heavy. Uh, we were getting lots of um, fades without any real pops. And the issue again with uh, looking to short stocks, you might think bear market stocks going down, that's great. Um, the issue is if a stock is going down, you don't short into weakness. Um, you need to get that pop uh, to give you a, at least some opportunity um, for some, you know, for some profit. Because if if you're getting in whilst it's on the way down, if you get in, and it then pops, you're in far too early. Um, and it's also easy to look back on a chart and say, why on earth did I get in down there? You know, this was looking, you know, what I was originally looking for was pops up to these uh, resistance levels for me to short into, so that if it fails at that level and then starts to come back down towards where it had just been, then I've got an opportunity to make. Uh, some profits, but if you're just getting in, trying to uh, catch the falling knife, um, then you know that's what can uh, can get you into trouble because it's, there's far too much risk uh, versus the potential reward. If you're getting something whilst it's dropping, you're hoping that it just continues to drop rather than um, uh, you know getting it uh, in because it's dropping and then it's popping and then failing on the pop. Um, you know, we've I was saying in the room just the other day, you know, uh, looking at specific. Uh, areas of certain stocks that were making these sort of downward movements, um, if your next level of support is only, you know, 15 or 20 cents away, and yet this thing has been dropping, 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 and so you're getting further and further away from those overhead resistance levels, you could find yourself trying to get in on a trade where you've got sort of 15 or 20 cents of potential uh, profit on the way down um, before it starts to find some support, but you've got 70, 80, 90 cents or more of, of risk because, you know, that's what you would have to allow it if it was going to pop up to those uh, um, known resistance levels. So, you know, your risk reward is is pretty skewed on that. But today, you know, really was a good example of having to exercise enough patience to 
uh, be happy to not take any trades at all. And a couple of things you know, make life a little bit difficult as a trader um, because, you know, you could like, for instance, today there were a couple of stocks that I was looking at um, and uh, I had located my shares on both of them. So I was ready to trade them should they uh, present themselves with a with a uh, you know present me with a good opportunity and a, and a good entry on a on a specific setup. Um, so I'm ready to go. You know I've I've located my shares. I've paid for those shares. If you then don't utilize those shares, then you know you can be flat on the day, but actually technically be red on the day because you've actually uh, spent money on 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 locates. So if you don't use those locates, it can feel uh, like wasted money, but you know that's basically the cost of the job, and that's what you know you have to do in order to be able to trade those shares. You know if they're if they're too easy to borrow, as in they're too easy to short and and, and locate on or freely available, then uh, you know everyone can get in on those, and those are the ones that can really go against you, squeeze out, and uh, cause you all sorts of problems. Um, so the harder to borrow stocks often have the higher probability of giving you what you want. Um, but obviously, there's a cost involved with some of those. So, um, you know, you do have to factor that in. But you also have to understand that if you're, you know, if you're looking at a setups that aren't setting up in the way that you want them to, and any entry would be a significant compromise, then, you know, that's stacking the odds away from you. Um, if you're trying to get in on a trade simply because you've located and therefore you want to trade it because you don't want to waste those shares, then again, it, you're forcing yourself to take entries that are probably less than, than ideal. Um, and that's where you know, the, the, the difficulty comes. You, you do have to have that patience and discipline to say, look, even though I've spent money on locates, if this stock doesn't set up in the way I want it to, if this stock doesn't hit the lines that I need it to, I can't take the trade because, yes, it might work, but I'm kind of gambling because I'm hoping that it does. I'm not getting in because it's really uh, meeting my, my criteria and, and, and following my trading plan. I'm getting in because I... I want to get in and I'm hoping that it gives me a move that means I make some money on it. So, you know, you're not going in on high probability setups. You're going in because of some other reason. And that's what can make life a little bit difficult for, for traders. And and also, you know, again, today, you know, I I hadn't traded at all uh, until right towards the end of my first sort of two hour uh, slot. Uh, a stock finally popped and, and, and hit a line that I was interested in. But I was only able to get a small amount in because I was because it had waited so long to do it and it had gone past the point where I um, was uh, you know in terms of time of day you know at 10:30 market time um, if stocks then start to pop they can go for these big big pushes because that's when the algos kick in that's when things start to change you know the 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 um, the opportunities. Uh, or those high probability setups start to move away from the shorts and perhaps more towards the longs. Um, so, you know, it had gone past that 10.30 point. We were getting closer to 11 uh, market time. It did pop. It did hit my lines. I did get in, but only small because I was protecting the downside. And then it was starting to pull, but hardly uh, at all. And it was just holding a line um, too well. So I ended up just sort of getting out for literally just, uh, you know, a few cents per share, I, you know, really didn't make uh, much, didn't even cover the, the cost of my locates on the day. So, you know, it was just a quick, small scalp. Um, and, you know, I, I played it way too safe. That, that stock actually did 
faff around there for another few minutes and then um and then did start to to break down and start to pull down to uh, to a level that I would have been looking to uh, to exit and, and and lock in some profits so you know I didn't miss out on a massive trade by any means but I missed out on a decent enough bread and butter trade um because I was playing it too safe but I was playing it too safe because of the reasons that you need to factor in uh in for the long run to to, to make yourself sustainable and uh, and and to not ignore the the issues that can uh, that can occur. So if you're shorting after ten thirty market time, you do have to wait for those, you know, more extreme levels. Those those you know outer lines, the ones that are perhaps one or two levels above where you would be looking at if it was just giving a quick pop that you wanted to get a quick scalp on. You have to be you know even more strict with the levels that you need to see it uh, test. Um, and you know, uh, it, when it wasn't then dropping down and I was seeing some buying coming back in where it was holding a certain level and, and, you know, the mark, the, the, the stock was showing me that it was comfortable at that level and it wasn't sort of giving back up again. Um, I chose not to ignore that and I played it very safe, just locked in a very, very small profit just to, in all, in all honesty, just to play it safe and, and take the risk off the table. Um, and had I have had a little bit more patience, then uh, it, it, on this occasion, it then did continue to break down and I would have got a, a, a you know, relatively decent trade out of it. Um, but as I said, you know, all of those other elements in place, you know, it, it's a very real possibility that that would have then held that level, pushed back up. And if it retested the lines that I was shorting off in the first place and broke over, then it could have squeezed much more so. And then I don't want to be stuck in a, in a trade where I am uh, shorting, you know, too early, committed to a level that's, uh, you know, down here where, you know, it, if it then does pop and test those outer lines, I'm already compromised because I've based my trade on the on the lines that it was initially hitting. Um, so, you know, I was taking that risk off the table and just locking it in, playing it safe. And on this occasion, I played way too safe. But then that's why, you know, I made the point of saying at the beginning of this podcast episode, trading isn't easy. There is a science that goes into what you need to do and the setups that you need to look for and those uh, and the type of pricing action that you need to see, you know, the, the, the price of a stock, the float of a stock, uh, the reason it's up, uh, how it's behaved throughout pre-market, how it's behaved at certain levels during the during the normal trading hours. You know, all of these things come into play and that's the sort of science behind it. But that's as far as the science goes. The rest of it is is an art form. You know, it's intuition. It's it's looking at things and understanding um, uh, and being able to stack up in your mind the odds as to what this could end up doing. So, you know, I'm I'm often getting those top ticks on my entries and, and, and getting some really nice safe scalps uh, and locking in some safe um, profits. You know, every single day uh, this year so far has been green, even if it's just been a, you know, really, really small day. Um so I can be nice and consistent, but um, you know, a, a lot of that will come from the fact that I've seen, uh, I've seen stocks resurge after that ten thirty point. So you start to understand what can happen if a stock hasn't fully broken down and it's going past ten thirty market time. I've seen it so many times that these stocks then especially when there's not much else happening in the market, then suddenly that's the one that everyone's looking at because that's the one that's popping up and isn't breaking back down again. So that might be the next runner. So then everybody 
um, jumps in on that stock and then you end up getting these big, big pushes. And then obviously if it breaks out over pre-market high and starts to really, really push, then, you know, that's not something that you want to be fighting um, at all. So, you know, that those are these elements that you've got to um, take into consideration. And that's where that intuition comes in. It's not always right. And, you know, I, I am forever uh, leaving plenty of profits on the table um, because, uh, you know, I'm locking them in too early. But then, you know, if you're getting those 10, 15, 20 cent scalps, a lot of the time, that's all you need. If you can go into the market and take two or three decent scalps and lock in, you know, 15, 20 cents uh, a time, then that's often all you need to sustain a reasonable amount of profit day in, day out. Um, and that's how you can be consistently bringing in, you know, profits. And if you're understanding where those risks are and stopping out or playing it too safe, then yes, you know, you, you know, there are going to be trades that you did play it too safe and you should have just held on. But we don't know what a stock is going to do. You never know where it's going to go, whether it's going to hold that level and then go for a push or whether it's just holding that level for the time being and then it's going to eventually break down. So, you know, there are ways of, of, of sort of working around that by, you know, de-risking some size and then allowing yourself the space to, to, to let it, you know, play out a little bit longer so you can take your time. Um, but for me today, I chose not to take that risk. Um, nothing was happening and nothing was giving me the setups that I wanted. I wasn't getting any bounces on any of these plays. Any entries that I would have been taking would have been chaser entries. And then when uh, the stock I was looking at eventually did pop up to my key levels, um, when it when it then failed to continue to break down, um, I didn't ignore that. And I just locked it in just to play it safe. And again, as I said, on this occasion, it was just a little bit too safe. But that's that's trading, you know. You don't uh, win them all, um, but it's a long game, you know, as in you, you, you want to be making the money, but keeping the money. You don't want to be um, finding yourself taking these unnecessary risks and then sitting back afterwards thinking, why on earth have I just set myself back weeks by taking a trade that I really didn't need to take or by fighting um, what I could see was a very real possibility. So, you know, playing it safe has its has its place. And um, like I said, locking in, you know, day in, day out, trade after trade. If you can be 70, 80, 90 percent of the time um, green and you're locking in these safe 10, 15, 20, 25 cent scalps, then, you know, that is all you need. And if you can continue to do that, you know, day in, day out, as I said, sort of nine, like eight, nine times out of 10, then um, you, you, you can, you know, you can sustain regular profits. You can have green week after green week after green week. Um, by sticking to those rules and ensuring that you're keeping the odds in your favour. Um, but yes, trading is difficult um, and can be frustrating and uh, you don't get paid for turning up, you don't get paid for working harder, you don't get paid for putting in more hours, you can't make it happen, you can't force a trade. Um, you, you get paid for having the patience to wait for those high probability setups and then when they happen, uh, you you trade the trade that is ha, has got the highest uh, possibility of working out in a way that you can then ex at least extract some profits um, from that. You can base your trading career on that and then develop, you know, then develop other strategies and uh, scaling out of trades to, to allow uh, more of the more of the move, um, you know, uh, taking all sorts of different, you know, long strategies, short strategies, swinging, all these uh, types of uh, uh, other um, strategies. But, you know, first and foremost, you need to be able to sustain 
profits, uh, not have these big swings where you're making a load and then losing it all and then trying to get it back and then you know, going through the stresses and strains of that. You need to be able to go into the market, focus on what's likely to give you the best outcome and, and nail and bail and move on. Okay, guys, um, thank you for, for being here. I really do appreciate the uh, continued support. And uh, as I said um, before, you know, do message me if you, if you have specific things that you want me to cover in, in future episodes. I will happily do that. Take care, guys. Uh, see you on the next one.